Hello, Village, and welcome to our online service. For the next few weeks, we will be refining our process as we continue to offer our services in this digital platform. Please know uh, that we have a Korean language version, um, and you'll find that link and information in the exact same email as you found this video. Um, hopefully, you are watching this video along with your family, uh, your life group, or maybe you've even invited some neighbors over. Um, we hope that you'll find the message and questions that come out of the message an opportunity and a chance for you to delve deeper into the Word. Uh, please know that we will have continued updates on how Village is handling the COVID-19 situation and how it affects our community. So you will find that information um, repeated in multiple places, both our, excuse me, in our webpage, our church app, all of our social media, as well of as, of course, our all-church email. Uh, if you have any questions at all at any time, please feel free to email us at info at villagebeaverton.com. And of course, you can call us too at 503-643-6511. While we won't be taking offering today, uh, please note that we would love for you to continue worshiping through giving, uh, whether you give through push pay or whether you would like to um, mail your giving through the, the postal service, or you can also drop it off um, at the locked box um, in front of our front office. We do know that actually 75% of our community gives in person during a Sunday service, so we do encourage you to continue worshiping through giving, uh, even in this season of our church services being digital. Thank you. Vamos a orar. Padre Celestial, tu palabra es lámpara para nuestros pies y la luz para nuestro camino. Y hoy estamos viviendo en un tiempo que parece ser muy oscuro y difícil. Padre, estamos enfrentando un momento de enfermedad, miedo y incertidumbre que está afectando a multitudes de personas. Y por eso necesitamos que tú seas la lámpara para nuestros pies y la luz en nuestro camino. Amén. So now let's pray. Loving Lord, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And today we are living in a time that seems to be very dark and difficult. Lord, we are facing a time of sickness, fear, and uncertainty that is affecting multitudes of men and women. And so we need you, Lord, to be the lamp to our feet and that light to our path. Mighty God, we put our trust in you and believe that you are still in control. Lord, the state of our world convicts us and causes us to cling to you. The deplorable conditions of our world continue to increase. Bless and heal the word, world, Father. May your love comfort every soul as only you can. Bring hope to the hopeless and unity where there is conflict. Motivate us by love to work together, to show compassion, to care for one another, and to be the church. Show us our place, Father, and embolden us to obey your direction. While our world is crumbling, you remain the same loving, defending, and protecting Father. Mighty Father, we put our trust in you and believe that you are still in control. Father, be with each one of your children today, for our hope is in you alone. Lord, we trust in you in all things because you are sovereign and have control of all things. Lord, although we do not understand all that is happening in this dark and dreary world, we know and trust you 
for you alone are worthy of our trust. Be with each one and rescue us, Lord, from all that is coming on the earth. Mighty God, we put our trust in you and believe that you are still in control. We give you all of the glory and all of the honor, for you are worthy of it all. Hi, Village. Uh, This is a new normal. We're coming to you on video and looking to do our Sunday lessons this way, to come together as a community, uh, to still be studying the scriptures together, that we might be of one mind and purpose. Uh, We had a full leadership team uh, meeting this morning uh, where we were able to have a time of prayer for our church, for you, uh, for all of us, and to remember that God is the same yesterday, He's the same today, and He's the same tomorrow as well. And so we're looking um, in this season to walk by faith and to, to see what God might be able to say to us, both in how we care for each other as a church family, uh, but also how we're a, a witness in this community um, f- for what the love of Jesus can look like in strange or difficult times. Uh, we want to stay consistent with our scripture and It just so happens that uh, we were in the book of Acts for this Sunday in Acts 11, starting in verses 19 onward. And I'd encourage you to go read, but it's the story of uh, the church at Antioch and how that was formed. And it's it's an important passage in my life. It's one I know really well. It's a a passage on a church that that I took the name of when Tam and I planted a church in Bend, Oregon uh, years ago. And what's unique about this community and and how it arose is that uh, as the persecution in Jerusalem was spreading, that there were men from Cyrus and Cyprene that intentionally went and shared the the good news of Jesus Christ with those outside of the believing community, with the Gentiles. And that was the first time we saw people initiating to go share with other people the good news of Jesus. Uh, In doing so, they created a really interesting situation in that church. Uh, According to the Jewish custom and law of of the day, uh, the religious practices of the day, they weren't supposed to be uh, fellowshipping together in homes or having common meals. And now you had both Jews and Gentiles as part of the same church. Um, What do we do? Is it relationship or is it religion? Uh, Is it the law or is it grace? And so in that context, that community had to come together and wrestle with what it meant for them to be one body of Christ, uh, to show each other love, and, and to, in some ways, imagine a different kind of community. Uh, I think this text is, is, is amazing in terms of its application for today. We're in a, a season where social distancing is, uh, is something that's actually helpful for our broader community. But in that, uh, it's, it's destructive for us spiritually, and it, prevents, uh, it presents barriers for us as Christians or as a Christian community. And, and how can we wrestle with, how can we pray about themes of grace, uh, themes of intentionality, themes of inclusion and authenticity, how we can still form and, and be a community of love, Uh, in the midst of these changes. Uh, I think it's the kind of thing that we are able to to look to the Holy Spirit for guidance for and walk by faith knowing that the Spirit will guide and provide wisdom. Uh, And just like the church at Antioch, whereas in their context, uh, they were finding uh, out ways of doing community without being able to look to something for guidance. It It was new for them. 
I hope if you're able to look at the passage on the church at Antioch and possibly even go to the, the beginning of chapter 13 of the book of Acts and look at how in a prayer meeting uh, the, the church leaders were able to set aside Paul and Barnabas to go on mission and to take this good news of Jesus to the rest of the world, that maybe some of the healthy rhythms that they were able to establish or to find as they were forming in that very unique context led to the kind of health that produced a missional mindset, a, a church that wasn't only thinking about itself uh, or its own needs, but had the, uh, the generosity and the generative spirit to be able to think of the rest of the world uh, to the degree that they took even their lead pastor and, and lead associate pastor and sent them on mission. Uh, it's an incredible story as we track it through the book of Acts and look at the Acts of the Apostles. I'm excited for you to be able to wrestle with the text, uh, to engage the questions that we're providing, uh, to see what you might be able to learn, and then to even hear uh, as we feed back to one another uh, how God might be working in this time to give us uh, some of the, the same sense and, and some of the same convictions. Another thing I'd love to suggest is that with Psalm 136, it's a text that the leadership team looked at this morning together. And Psalm 136 is really unique in that it talks about, uh, it begins with this phrase, uh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And then there's a refrain, for his love endures forever. And then the psalmist recounts all of the ways in which God had worked in the nation of Israel, provided for them, led them. And then when it gets to the end, it says it once again, give thanks to the God of heaven for his love endures forever. Um, our God's love endures forever and our stability, our constancy uh, comes from being anchored into that love. Uh, I would love, I would suggest, uh, I would love if, if you'd be able to maybe read that both for yourself uh, and for your friends or family or this community and think about inserting your own lines of how God has, has worked or been faithful in your life. Uh, for instance, if you're a family to sit around uh, the table and have everyone come with a story of how God has provided in the past uh, for your family and, and to name that uh, and then to write that into a poem form with after every story or, or every instance, the refrain, his love endures forever. Uh, you might even frame it. You might even get pictures that represent it and create a collage and, and keep it um, as, a, as a remembrance. Uh, but just that we would in this season do what Paul encourages us to do in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, which is um, to be joyful always to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks in all circumstances, uh, for this is God's will for us in Jesus Christ. Uh, so in a season where we're wondering what is God doing or, or what is His will for us, that some of that is the simple uh, reality of, of remaining joyful, having the joy of the Lord in us, that we would remain prayerful because our hope is in more than what we can do with our own strength. And that in all of that, we would remember the goodness of God, that his love endures forever. Uh, Pastor Paul Choi has said something that I, I hope will be a refrain as we go through this next month or the next several weeks. And that's that in the midst of a world where so many things are spreading virally uh, and so much of it can be dark, that we would be those who would spread love and hope. 
that as a church community, as individuals uh, who are following Jesus Christ, that we would be those who spread love and hope. I'm excited to hear what God teaches you as we engage these scriptures together. Um, I'd like to just close us with a, a quick word, word of prayer uh, as we think of all the different ways in which the Holy Spirit is and can be working in our midst. And so, um, Father God, we know that you can do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine uh, through the power of your Son, Jesus Christ, that is at work within us. And so to him be the glory forever and ever, we pray. Amen. Once again, we want to be uh, communicating regularly and clearly uh, during this time. And if you're tuning in from a coffee shop or, or if you're checking these videos out at home uh, with family or friends, uh, we want to be able to provide the resources you need. This is a, a little bit of a, a deeper dive into the text out of Acts 11. So in Acts 11, we read this. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that had happened in Jerusalem uh, that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Now some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he arrived and saw that what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord's with all their hearts. And he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. If you go and look at the geography of uh, Israel and the ancient Near East, Antioch is a town that was situated uh, way at the north of what we would consider um, the land of Israel. And so it's an important city on the trade routes, both north and south and east and west. And as such, it was an incredibly cosmopolitan city. Uh, some people speculate that the density of population in the city at Antioch uh, was one of the, the highest in the world, uh, that they built up earthquakes or uh, different building issues would often cause buildings to fall with people on the lower levels being killed. There's ancient literature talking about people emptying um, bed trays out upper windows into the streets with people passing below. But we get a, a really interesting, fascinating look at an urban city that was ancient Antioch. And in that town, you had people that were uh, not of the Jewish faith from all around the Roman world or, or the known world at that time. And so to have men from Cyprus and Cyrene that are going into the city and not just looking for the Jewish believers, uh, those that were, were waiting for the Messiah, but intentionally trying to find uh, and share the good news with others in that city, showing that uh, they had concern for other people, showing that they were prioritizing or intentionalizing their engagement with those people was a rather remarkable thing. And it brought about this whole issue that we're going to see uh, that takes up the next several chapters of the book of Acts and then also comes in with the book of Galatians 
uh, which Paul wrote uh, after uh, the issues at Antioch had come to the surface. And, and the issues were really about um, the unity in the church. Can we be one church with Gentiles and Jewish believers? In fact, many would, would believe that Antioch was the first place that we saw uh, the issues surrounding a multicultural church come to the forefront and begin to be worked out. Uh, that the church at Antioch uh, came to understand the gospel, the good news of Jesus, as a gospel of grace that included everyone. Uh, so when we look at that story, it, it gives us a lot uh, for today that we can wrestle with. It, it gives us issues around what does authentic faith look like, not being tied to religion, uh, but somehow understanding what grace says to all of this. Uh, it speaks to us about evangelism, about intentionality, uh, about how we view other groups. Do we distance ourselves? Do we write them off? Or are we trying to find ways of, of engaging other people and being in relationship with them uh, about this good news or this hope that we have in Jesus? Um, there's, uh, there's even issues around mission. Uh, does the church serve just our needs or are we somehow a part of something bigger than ourselves where, where Christ is the head and, and that we really are following by faith uh, as we look to see where the Spirit is guiding? Uh, I think it's, it's no small thing that we see in the text that the Christians were first called Christians, the believers, the disciples, were first called Christians at Antioch because there's a lot of uh, material here. There's a lot of uh, what I think God would want to say to the church um, and in some ways uh, define what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to be a Christian. So I hope this gives some context for the discussion around Acts 11, uh, for the discussion around what we're imagining today, what the, the Holy Spirit would say to us today as we look to engage with people even in creative ways and to make sure that the love of God is coming across to our family, our friends, and even those outside of our group. Thank you. Appreciate you tuning in again.